You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And let's take a look. So this is from the Sefer called uh, Inyanim, Asar, Inyanim of Asar Vitevis. person wrote a whole Sefer, 300 pages about Asar Vitevis. Okay. Um, Tavkuf Memtes. Okay. Now we know that this chiv that we have on Friday to fast, it comes from even a greater place than the Rabbon, and it comes from the different Nevi'im. How do we know that? Because the Pasik says in Zechariah, they asked the Nevi'im a question. The question was, now that we're rebuilding the Beis Hamikdash. So, what should be the halacha? What should we do? In other words, they wanted to know, now that we're coming back to Eretz Yisrael and times are getting better, should we continue to fast? So what, what did the Nabi say? Komar Hashem Tzavakot, Tzom Aravi, Tzom Achamishi, Tzom Ashvi, Tzom Ha'asiri. Now that was at the time that they're rebuilding the Beis Hamikdash. So let's talk about what Tzom Ravi and Tzom Achamishi are. Tzom Ravi and Tzom Chamishi are, this is Shavasar Batamas, Nisan Iyer Sivan Tamas, fourth month. Chamishi is of, okay. Tzom Hashvi is, of course, Tzom Gedalia, not Yom Kippur. Tzom Asiri, that's the tenth month. That's what Tevis is, right? Tevis is the tenth month, and Odor is the eleventh month, right? Um, right? Kislev Tevis. I'm sorry, Shvat is the 11th month. Other is the 12th month. But so Masiri, which is Tevis, so during the time of Zechariah, oh, that's a Sosun Vesimcha Lamoadim. It's actually a happy time now. Lamoadim Tovim. So, the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, exactly what I told you, Just figuring out what they all are. So, the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah says what each one is now. I skipped something here. Okay, here we are. The Gemara Hashanah says, what happened on Asara Batavis that was a fast day? So the Gemara says, Shabo Samach Melech Bovel Al Yerushalayim the king of Babylon. So that was in the time of Bias Rishon, obviously, Pasuk and Yechezkel, that Yechezkel had a Nevoah, that on the tenth day of the month, he said, What's going to happen? Or did happen, or was happening? He's coming. Rav Shimon, Ben Yochai says, what is the Tzoma Siri? It's the fifth of Tevis. What was that? Shaba Bo Shmua Legola Shehuksa Ha'ir. Now, what did that mean? It wasn't when the there was a siege 
on Yerushalayim. It was when the people in the diaspora, people outside of Eretz Yisrael, heard that the, the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. That's a very interesting machlokas about what was the original day of the of the day of fasting. According to Rabbi Kiva, the day of fasting was when it was happening chronologically. Again, it took a number of months, um, maybe even I think three years actually. I heard the opinion today that the Chet of Tevet could have been a good candidate. This is the day that uh, they translated Torah to uh, Yavanit. Right. right, that's right. That's mentioned in Megillus Tainus, right? That's right. But the Gemara actually talks about, yeah, what I find interesting, Moshe, is this opinion that what's so bad about this day? Well, that's when Claudius Yisrael found out about the Chorban. Claudius Yisrael found out about the Chorban on the 5th of Tavis after the Chorban. In other words, the Chorban happened in the summer. But people didn't hear the news so when they heard the news, oh, it's so terrible because <laughs> things didn't happen instantaneously. So the poskin paskin like who? Kiva. That we it's the tenth of Tavis, not on the fifth. Um, now the Mishnah Brewer writes, "What was the, the what, what happened? There was a siege." It was Mutsor Matsok. It was it, there was there was shortages. There was a sense of anxiety. That's and, and from there the Khurban happened. Now the question can be asked, Madua Huf Kukvatsom, why is there a fast because of the siege? The Nebuchadnezzar siege Yerushalayim. Well Maisa even in earlier, there was a siege in the days of Paronecho. That's the Samsofer's question. And we don't make a, uh, and that was bad news when it happened, but we don't have a fast forever because of that. Um, in fact, um, Sancheirev came and there was a siege. Of course, we were saved from it. Eventually, but there was a siege in the time of Chizkiyo as well, and that was a very that was a very difficult situation when that happened. Nebuchadnezzar himself also had a siege earlier in the days of Yehoiachan. And of course, Yehoiachan um, was sent into Golis. And that was also a day that occurred, but we didn't choose that day. But can't you trace back, in retrospect, when you look at the final destruction? Ah, so that's going to be, of course, the obvious answer. So we need to figure out what happened from the siege to the Chorban. So here's the way it worked. In Malachim Beis, it says, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, after Yochan went into Golis, he took his uncle, who he gave a new name to, Tzidkiyo was his new name, um, became the king. He was the last king. He was the king for 11 years. Tzidkiyo could have remained sort of a vassal king, but 
he made a deal with Mitzrayim. And that was considered he had um, violated, abrogated his treaty with the Melech Bova. And of course, because of that, Nebuchadnezzar says, okay, they violated the treaty. Let's go and get them. Now, so what happened was, it was the ninth year of Tzidkiyot's reign on Asar B'tavis. That's when Nebuchadnezzar came and this was like a, like a ramp, uh, a ramp that they'd be able to climb on it and, and, and control the city. And that lasted, as I said, till the, um, into the 12th year to Tzidkiyahu. The Tava Wa'ir B'Matzor Arashtei Asara L'Melech Tzidkiyahu. Because Tishrei is when the new year started again. So it went from Asara B'Tavis of the uh, the ninth year and then Tishrei would have been the tenth. Right? The next Tishrei, and and then the Ashteyas Reishana would have already been the twelfth year, right? Adash of Tzidkiyohu. So it was Tzidkiyohu's ninth year. The next Tishrei would be year ten. So that was one whole year. The next Tishrei that would be year eleven. So that was two whole years. So it was. Almost, right? It was almost three years. Well, not really. It was um, because, it, it, right? It was two years till 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 um, till Shavasar Batamas, and 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 so it was a little less than three years. It was uh, two years and uh, seven months that, or. Two years and six months the siege lasted till they broke into the city. Because then, and why did it last till Tammuz? Because then they couldn't hold out anymore. You know, again, when there was no food and, and, and they were weak, and I guess they tried to get out of the city, the city, that's when the wall broke. So it lasted a long time. And basically, as he writes here, they were weak because they had no food. And if there's no food, they couldn't throw uh, missiles down. They couldn't throw uh, kettles of hot water down on them, whatever it was they were throwing down on the ramparts. And therefore, then the Babylonians were, were able to break the wall. And what happened? So as we know, Sitkiyohu ran away. The, the the Babylonians caught them, and of course Tzidkiyo, who was um, judged for his rebelliousness, and as you know, the last thing that Tzidkiyo, who saw as a person who could see were his children killed in front of his eyes, and then the next couple of weeks they were just killing people and burning things, and there was still fighting going on in the streets for those three weeks. 
little bit, right? Or almost a month because it was the ninth of 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 of, of, of Tammuz. And then they destroyed the base of Mikdash. And that was it. Now, there were still Jews left in Eretz Yisrael, of course, until some small, until Gedalia. And then it was 52 years, and basically that was terrible. Now, so you're right, Richard, but we see that was the thing that led directly to the Horpin. So, it's Asar Batavis, you can draw a straight line to the breaking of the walls, which again occurs two and a half years later, the Horbin Beis Hamikdash, etc. So, also, what did the siege lead to? Obviously, famine, illness, um, and that's also, it was a terror, it wasn't just that this period was a, a period that was really horrible uh, that occurred, which wasn't the case earlier when Sancheirev and other sort of sieges happened. So now we know why. It's because of that siege. And Paranacho, or when Nebuchadnezzar came before, he just took Yoyochan and he left. Because that's not, we don't have a tzom for that, because that, those did not devolve into Hurban, just like what we have from the Mitzvah of Nebuchadnezzar. And that's why we fast on that. So, and that's what the, the Mishnah Bura wrote. He says, Mitzvah Mitzok, and that's the Hurban came straight from there. Because what happened? The Mitzvah leads to famine. Famine led to illness to death, to, right? Okay. So now here comes another question. Why do we look at the very beginning of things as a day to, even though it's true, as a day to fast. Even though it's true, we can draw a straight line from those events. But that was the beginning. It took two and a half years till the Horban happened. Some learn it was a year and a half. Some say two and a half years. There's some that learned it was three and a half years. And even if you want to say, but you think it was easy, during that siege, things got worse and worse. Things became worse and worse during the siege. And you can say during the siege itself, things got worse. The B'nai Yisrael were, right? But it probably wasn't so bad as soon as it started. Because for the first couple of months, maybe even for the first year, they were pretty strong. The first year, I mean, okay, it devolved. And probably they had food. They probably had a bunch of weapons and stuff like that. So, yeah, it did get worse. But the, the day that the siege started, we can't say, oh, it's terrible inside now. Um, and as you can take a look, the Gemara Gitan, as he points out, says that in the Bayashani, 
you know, they they ended up destroying all the um, all the stuff that they had uh, ready for them, but they had stuff for 21 years. But it turned out that uh, that got destroyed. But you see that the Jews know how to we know how to uh, hunker down and fight. So he says that. Maybe that's the reason why Rav Shimon, who knew what his Rebbe said, that's why Rav Shimon says that he doesn't believe you should fast on Asar B'Tavis. Uh He says you should fast on the 5th of Tevis based on um, when the Jews found out about it. I'm surprised they didn't make both of them. <laughs> that, that's hard to ask people to fast for both. Um, but um, Maybe that's why Rav Shimon Yochai disagreed with his Rebbe for this reason. But Pashtas Rav Shimon Sover Shalot Summon Basar and he says if you take a look at the Ramban, maybe we will in one of our Ramban Shirim. Uh, he says that uh, he talks about these fasts, um, and he says the reason why we've passed on Basar is because it's our minug. And we hold like Rabbi Akiva. The minig is like Rabbi Akiva, meaning in Medayik from uh, from the Ramban that if we held like Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, we would not fast in the Sarbatevis. That's what it seems from the Ramban. However, Rav Shlomo writes um, that if you look at the Rif and the Rosh, they don't bring down this Machlokas Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shimon. And the whole machlokus is, what is the Pusik and Zachariah referring to? About what, what were they asking about? But in the time of Zachariah, which fat, which day were they talking about? But when we talk about the day that we fast, we, everybody says, even according to Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, it's a Sarbatevis. Anyway, so he writes here, it's not so simple to be fasting on the Sarbatevis. So, why did Rabbi Kiva say that the Tzom has to be a Sarbatevis? His Talmud didn't think he was right. So, the simple answer is what we are fasting about is Churban. The beginning of a process is itself terrible. As we see in Eicha, the beginning of the process. And if the beginning doesn't happen, okay, so it was all right. The first couple of weeks, they had plenty of food. Everything was great. Not great, but they were strong. But that indicates the beginning of a process. It was totally different than what it was until that point. That is where Chorban begins. And that changed, even though for the first couple of weeks they were solid, they were confident. But when now in hindsight, we see that that change leads inevitably to Chorban, that's something that you need to 
recognize. Also, he points out that you have to admit that there was probably a spiritual change in our relationship to God from Asar Batavis. Because this was God's hand starting to turn the screws on us and to fulfill what was prophesied. What was prophesied was that the Hurban is happening. Up until now, you could say they were warned about it, do tshuva. Now the process starts. And now it's going to happen. Which means, until Asar Batavis, even though they were warned there was going to be a Hurban, we could have been Mavatal Dixera from Hashem. Once Asar Batavis occurs, really, honestly, unless there had been some sort of incredible, incredible tshuva, I guess, basically, in terms from God's perspective, it's going to happen now. And it's obviously much harder, like when a person already has cancer and it's already in his body, to be able to change stuff. It's already Yotzilopoe. That's the reason why we fast. Because that is something that clearly, physically and spiritually, led to the Chorban. There's a safer from Rabbi Yitzchak Brodiansky where he brings a moshul from Rav Lapian about this. The Pasuk in Kohela says, Ki lo yoda ha'odam is ito. You know, we walk around in life, the Pasuk in Kohela says, we don't know when our time is. We're like dogim, shenechazim b'mitsudaro. Or like fish that are caught in a, in a net. So, in other words, you usually think, let's say if you if you put a big net down in the ocean, um, if you put a big net down in the ocean, and then you pull it up, let's say four hours later, when enough fish have gotten in there, the fish isn't so smart to realize that he's already finished. He doesn't know. Like obviously, when the fish gets pulled up by the net and is out of the water, the fish senses that death is about to come. What? But we were like, we were like, in, 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 when I mean, all of us in our lives, we don't realize that the path of death is already around us sometimes. Shasof shalo kvar hukra kasher nechaz b'mitzuda. When the net gets raised, that's our, it's, it's only the, 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 the inevitable outcome of what was already there. We were already in that trap. And it's just a matter of time before we're dead. It's going to get pulled up out of the water and then we're going to be gone. So basically, it's like that Pusik. We were already... 
uh, in the trap. And that trap was obviously a trap that was going to be lifted up for death. Um, so that is the, again, it sounds, that's a very simple understanding of it. Um, let me just do one last thing. Even though tshuva could help, right? How do you know tshuva helps once the xera starts? The Medrash says, Ula yachzru b'tshuva. It said, Kaddish Baruch Hu gave them strength to hold off in the siege. And he gave them the strength because the Medrash says, because they could have done tshuva. And we know, but you need a tremendous tshuva to work. And they didn't have it. Hashem says, I'm not going to mavato my words. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. And that's the reason. Now, um, we'll do one last thing that has to do with our uh, Sarbatevis of this year. We know the Abu Dram that the Beis Yosef quote says, Asar B'tavis is different than all other fast days. All other fast days, if it happens on Shabbos, you don't push it to, uh, you push it to a different day. To Thursday. To Sunday. But that's not the way it is by Asar B'tavis. It says, Be'etzim like it says by Yom Kippur. It's like Yom Kippur. That's what it says on Asar B'tavis. And we know even Tisha B'av, if it comes on Shabbos, you push to Sunday. Also, the Abu Dram writes that in today's time, Asar B'tavis never happens on Shabbos based on the calendar of Hillel. But even if it could happen on Shabbos, we'd push, we would fast on Shabbos. So he asks, why does Abu Dram have to write that? That if it would happen on Shabbos, we wouldn't, we would fast, uh, we would fast on Shabbos anyway. It's not going to happen. So why even write that? He's, he's a Rishon writing the laws of how you need to go through the calendar. Why do you need to say, well, it's not going to happen, but even if it would, we would fast on Shabbos anyway. Now, what do you want to say? Well, eventually, we're not going to use the calendar anymore. We're going to use Edim. That's in the time of Mashiach. <laughs> time of Mashiach, probably we're not going to be fasting at all. They're going to be Yom Tovim. So why does Abu Dram need to say, even if it would happen? So Rabbi Yonason Ivishitz, writing about 200 and some odd years ago, writes that, and he made this drush on Tes Tevis, 1734. So that is almost 300 years ago. 17, no, I made a mistake there. 
1774. So 250 years ago. So, v'yomachu koshu Yisrael more than Churban Abayas. Why? Because Asar B'tevis Tishabov's not Docha Shabbos. Asar B'tevis could fall out on Shabbos. And that shows you that is an incredible tsara, Because the beginning of the Tsar is the worst. And that's why Sarbatavis is, in a sense, worse than Tishabov. Because the beginning of the din, everything that happens at the end is just the the obvious organic extension. And that's what we are fasting about, is the fact how that din came so hard on us. Now, Tishabov, of course, it already started already. True, it was a lot more death, but in a way, it's more kal. So this halacha that we would fast even on Shabbos is because that beginning is, is, is so powerful. That means that we are not the people we think we are. We are not, we don't have a close relationship with God that he loves us in that same way. He does, but he, he's hiding his face from us. The Babacharebbe said it a little bit stronger than all of this. He said it's basically the beginning of all Khorbanos. It's the beginning, nothing, you know, it's the beginning of nothing happened by Yesheni, right? That's another proof. Tishabov, we say, happened twice. Aserbatavis only happened once. But it changed the ultimate relationship that we have with God that we're still waiting to get turned back. That has not altered. The relationship we had with God took a turn on that day, two and a half years before the Horban, that we have never yet been restored from. Even when we came back in Bayashani, it was not the same. And that's really what we're being misabal on. So it really is, despite the fact it's a very quick day. I have to just say this one last thing. Again, obviously, everyone knows that it's happening on December 25th. And it's happening on the same day that the rest of the world is celebrating what they believe is the greatest event of mankind. And they believe is the sense of, 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 of the saving of the world. You know, it's really so incredible that, that what we are thinking about is how the world still needs the Tikkun. The world is in a, sta- is in a state where we are still, in a sense, in God's doghouse. And it, it, we haven't turned the corner yet. So it's, it's, it's very ironic, especially this year, for us to contemplate what that means. So. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 